This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Content is Profit. Hosted by Luis and Fonzi Camejo, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Discover the secrets and strategies of how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. They talk about frameworks, strategies, tactics, and bring special guests to bring you all the information you need in order to turn your content into profit. Recent episode, The Power of Just One Big Marketing Idea and How to Get It, really brings home this idea that instead of chasing the idea of the week, really lock in on one big idea to differentiate your business. That can make all the difference in the world. Listen to Content is Profit wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Carmine Gallo. He's a best-selling author of Talk Like Ted and The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. He's a Harvard instructor, CEO, communication coach, and keynote speaker known for transforming leaders. He's also the author of a new book we're going to talk about today, The Bezos Blueprint, Communication Secrets of the World's Greatest Salesman. So, Carmine, welcome back to the show. Hey, John. Nice to thank you for inviting me. I've been a fan of a lot of the recent podcasts, especially. I see you had Paul Zach on, on one of your podcasts not too long ago, the, the neuroscientist. So he and I exchange emails and ideas, especially when it comes to storytelling and oxytocin and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. good stuff that he does the research. In. We got into some pretty, pretty deep stuff. No, no question. So I feel my oxytocin levels rising already. <laughs> Those dopamine levels. So, so let's jump into your new book and I'm going to start off by asking maybe what might be a gut reaction by some people kind of why Bezos? I know you're going to tell me why, but there's also not everybody loves him. <laughs> so as a human being, perhaps, but maybe we're not going to talk about him as a human being and more about it as a salesperson. So I'll let you, I'll let you start there. When, if you ask 10 people for an opinion on whoever it might be, right? Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, you know, a, any of these visionaries and entrepreneurs here in America, if you ask 10 people for their opinion on Jeff Bezos, which I've done over the last three years of doing the research for my sure. new book, you get 10 different opinions, right. wide variety <laughs> of opinions, yeah, yeah, running yeah. the gamut. If you ask 10 people who worked side by side with Jeff Bezos, their opinions are very consistent. They even use remarkably the same words. They all start with the most visionary person they've ever met. Then they move into demanding, a person who demanded excellence of himself and others around him. And, the, and John, they always end with the same observation. They say, Carmine, I would never have traded it for the world. That's what, that's where I picked up. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What did you learn from Jeff Bezos that you adopted and carried over into the companies that you started. So really my book, The Blueprint, is not based just on Bezos, but it's based on interviews and conversations with former Amazonians who have adopted the leadership and communication strategies that Bezos pioneered to build Amazon and copied, blatantly copied some of those systems and use them to build their own companies. That's what fascinates me. 
Yeah, and I assume you probably had some similar research and maybe even you could have answered this question maybe the same way in your previous book about Steve Jobs, didn't you? I mean, there oh, were a lot of people that absolutely. felt very Look, demanding. It, yeah, yeah. If you want to have a conversation on the role of Amazon in e-commerce or retail, there are plenty of books and articles on that subject. If you'd like to have a conversation about billionaires and, or income inequality, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, there's plenty of there are plenty of books and essays on that subject. What I wanted to focus on is what one of the things that intrigued me is I was watching an interview with Walter Isaacson, the famous biographer mm -hmm. of Steve mm -hmm. Jobs, Einstein, uh, Ben Franklin, and his other books, and he was asked who of today's contemporary leaders would he put in the same category, and without missing a beat, he said. Jeff Bezos, because J Bezos was not only a visionary, but he was also creative and invented so many mechanisms that startups and managers and leaders use today. So plus, John, look, we're storytellers. I'm an author. The story is irresistible. Yeah. A guy with a bold idea and really no contacts and no funding at that time, no name for a company, transforms the idea into one of the world's most admired brands. And we can argue a company that has more impact over our lives than almost any other single company other than the company you work for. So yeah, the story yeah. itself is irresistible. Can't, don't tell me not to pursue that story. That's a good story. <laughs> so yeah, I think arguably you could say you know, you're talking about more on our individual consumer behavior and lives, but certainly the entire behavior, e-commerce for sure, retail yeah. <laughs> in hey, general. John, you know, if I had nothing to teach you from studying Bezos, his writing, the strategies he put in place to fuel Amazon, I would not have written the book. It took me into so many different places that my other books that just didn't afford me and I continue to learn. I'm constantly learning from some of the strategies he put in place, as did many others. That's what fascinates me. So you start out the book with this, and I've heard you say this, the Bezos blueprint to readers will learn why simple is the new superpower. So you could argue that's, I mean, you're really kind of starting with that as the overall premise of the book, aren't you? Yeah, I could have titled the book Simple as the New Superpower because a lot of it really falls under how do we simplify complex information. So in an age when we are being bombarded by information, all of our customers, our clients, now let's focus on marketers and the people who are listening to our podcast specifically, how do you rise above the noise? How do you cut through it? Well, the secret to cutting through the noise is not necessarily to add more noise, but to go in the opposite direction yeah. and to cut through it. So there's a number of different ways to stand apart that appear kind of or sound counterintuitive early, early on, at least to me. And one is to use short words to talk about big ideas or to talk about hard things. Yeah. And that to me, that is simple as the new superpower. So I have an analysis in the book 
and I have a graphic that goes along with it. I reviewed 50,000 words that Bezos wrote in his shareholder letters over time. And a lot of experts and a lot of CEOs and company founders tell me that those shareholder letters were models of simplicity, which kind of led me in that direction. I analyzed all, the, all of the letters, put them through software tools, and here's something remarkable. As Amazon grew bigger and much more complex, you're talking about adding artificial intelligence and cloud computing, the writing got better over time. And, the, and how did it get better? If you look at readability statistics or readability software, it's measured by grade level. Yeah. So you probably know this, but what grade level should you be writing for to reach a wide and a, the largest and widest variety of readers and listeners? What uh, grade level do you think that uh, would be? Uh, probably not postgraduate thesis level. Absolutely not. Um, like, right, like, I, I mean, I, I've heard sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, it's eighth grade. It's <laughs> yeah, eighth yeah. grade level. So if you write at an eighth grade level, you're still writing for intelligent adults. That's the whole counterintuitive notion of, about it. It doesn't mean that you're dumbing down the content. It means that you are allow giving people the opportunity to use less mental energy to absorb what you're writing. Yeah, right. That means right. short words to replace long words, uh, ancient words, one syllable words to replace those Latin based words that fill up legal contracts, shorter <laughs> sentences, the active voice. So 90% of the Bezos letters are written in the active voice, yeah. subject, verb, object. After 2007, his letters became easier to read even though Amazon grew more complex over time. That whole area to me is so fascinating, and it was intentional. John, that's what I learned from talking to people who had worked with Bezos. He, is, he has a, that growth mindset, always learning, always developing, always getting better, writing, public speaking, delivering presentations. That's a skill, mm -hmm. and like any skill, you can improve on it. Yeah, I guess we didn't say this at the outset. I think it would be easy for people to think, oh, you're going to teach me how to build an e-commerce business or something. And what this book really focuses on is writing, developing stories, writing storytelling in a way that gets your message across. And so it, it really is a, would you say that it's really a writing book? Oh, yeah. If you'd like to learn how to be a third party seller on Amazon, it's not going to teach you that. <laughs> no, th these are very actionable tips and strategies that anybody can use any level of an organization or just starting out. Remember, Bezos did not have a name for his company and he didn't have a company. It was just an idea yeah. it, that he built in the garage of a rented home in Seattle. So it, it applies to everybody, a one million person company and a one person company. And now a word from our sponsor. Marketers are a key part of business. Uh, funny I would say that, right? But that's because we own the conversation with our customers. And having tools that help us have meaningful conversations with our customers at scale, all while maintaining a personal touch, is our white whale. Point solutions can be easy to set up, but difficult to manage and maintain. And all of a sudden, you find yourself with disconnected teams and data, leading to poor customer experience. Yikes. HubSpot is an all-in-one CRM platform that is impossible to outgrow and ridiculously easy to use, meaning you never have to worry about it slowing you down. 
That's because HubSpot is purpose-built for real businesses. Businesses that test and learn, pivot and push, and do it all again next quarter. With customizable hubs and tools that you can add or subtract as you grow, HubSpot is ready to help you stop chasing the white whale and start connecting with your customers at moments that matter most. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So, so you break the book in three parts. And the first one is really about, I think you talk about, I've heard you talk about this, that the first part's about discovering why strong writing skills are more essential than ever. So you want to kind of unpack what we'll meet in part one? Yeah, especially about, well, that the first chapter is called Simple is the New Superpower because we kind of go into those writing skills. But I also did, I wanted to make this approachable. So I did go back to class myself. I interviewed some of the top writing authors, people who have written books on grammar and English grammar mm. and how to write well, because eh, a lot of writing books are kind of boring. It's not like those are the first books that we go to all the time. And so I definitely wanted to just understand some of the themes that each and every one of us could use, not just in writing, but whenever we are trying to simplify complex information, whether that's in written word or in the way we articulate and present our ideas and information. And that's why simple could be the words you choose. That's one way of making it simple. How about metaphors and analogies? I have an entire chapter just on analogy and an entire chapter just on metaphor because Bezos, Warren Buffett, and many other leaders who are considered excellent communicators in their own way tend to use metaphors, comparing something that's abstract to something that's familiar. And there are a lot of famous metaphors that Jeff Bezos introduced at Amazon that continue to be used today, not just at Amazon, but many other companies. It, it, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things metaphors, you know, really can do for is take a complex idea and have people get it right away. And, you know, in a handful of words, I think they also can be mixed. They can be misused. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of like a lot of things you try to use humor in your writing. And if, it, you know, if it's not actually funny or if it falls flat, then it actually does the opposite for you. I think that's, yeah. that can be, you know, a lot of, a lot of metaphor use actually falls into cliche, which I think then probably works against you, doesn't it? Oh, thank you, John. I actually <laughs> talk about that. Again, if a metaphor is too cliche, it's, a, it's not going to connect with people in any any meaningful way so it's a little too long to get into but bezos chose the analogies and the metaphors he used extremely precisely he yeah. was very deliberate about the metaphors he chose he chose so he took the flywheel concept i'll just give you one quick example yeah. he yeah. took the flywheel concept which he read from a book He's a voracious reader, read a book by Jim Collins yeah. and took this whole idea of the flywheel mechanism and used it as a metaphor for how to grow a company, how to create growth momentum within a company. So it's a metaphor that has to become an analogy in order to be explained. He has to be able to explain it a little bit. And that's sort of the difference between a good metaphor and an analogy. An analogy is more of an a tool for education. But that, if you look up Amazon Flywheel, 
or even the flywheel effect, it's often tied back to Amazon. And a lot of people use it in different organizations. But if it wasn't for Jeff Bezos reading a book, adopting something from a different discipline and applying it to his company, it wouldn't be nearly as popular a buzzword as it is today. So reading, thinking, always growing, applying ideas from different fields, different disciplines, different books. That was sort of the secret sauce that helped fuel Amazon strategy and align teams from 1994 all the way to today. They still use the very same metaphors and strategies that Bezos put in place decades ago. Yeah, fly, I mean, you flywheels, you know, in every startup, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, entrepreneur is using, you know, that is exactly what was fascinating to me is for years, I live in Silicon Valley. So for years, I hear things like flywheels. I hear two pizza teams. That's another (laughs) Bezos metaphor. I hear that constantly in startups. I also hear them talk about six pagers, which are narrative memos that again, Bezos pioneered at Amazon. More often than not, when I tell people that, oh, you know, that's an Amazon thing. It really got started at Amazon under Jeff Bezos. They look at me like they've never heard that idea before. I mean, (laughs) I got this blank expression on on their face. And so that's why I realized that there were a lot of things that Bezos created, these mechanisms that he created at Amazon, people use today and not even aware that it's directly tied to his vision. The part two talks about story building and story structure. You can't really pick up a marketing book today that doesn't talk about storytelling. <laughs> it's really yeah. become the the thing, but I don't find too many, this is ironic. I don't yeah. find too many of those books that are actually able to tell people how to do it, how to use it. Everybody uh, says you should be using stories, but a lot of people then go, well, how? <laughs> so what do you feel like this book will bring to the story structure conversation? I hope I can add something to it because I have a feeling some of my writing was responsible for creating Mm -hmm. some of this Mm -hmm. storytelling as a buzzword because I wrote a book that talk like Ted, which really went into storytelling. Then I wrote an entire book just on business storytelling called the storyteller's secret. And I get that book quoted back to me quite a bit. When people talk about storytelling, you're right. It's now become a buzzword. But it's still abstract. I don't think a lot of people understand what it is. So I try to give people some very simple, actionable tools that they could use. The the simplest thing, and very few people understand this. Maybe your audience does more than other leaders. And that's the three-act structure. So I've got at least Mm -hmm. a whole chapter just on the three-act structure, which Bezos follows meticulously when he talks about the Amazon story. And the three-act structure is the same structure as most Hollywood movies follow, which is act one is the setup, act two is the challenge or confrontation, act three is the resolution. Very few people break their presentations up into a three-act structure, introduce products as a three-act structure, Steve Jobs was very intentional about doing so. So I try to break down how to, what we mean by storytelling and how to do it simply. I feel like the three act structure is something that many people are not aware of, John, but it's simple for them to implement and it helps them understand what we mean by storytelling. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times just giving people an outline, a structure, you know, like that makes it easier yeah. for them to go, oh, okay, now I know where to start. Yeah, just don't just say, do storytelling. You got to be a storyteller. Right, right, right. I hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think the average leader understands how to implement that. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, so part three then is about, okay, I've got my story. I know what I'm supposed to say. How do I deliver it in a way that is going to have impact, which is, I think, essentially what part three is about. Yeah, my favorite chapter in part three is make the mission your mantra. Again, I think is, a, is an area that very few people understand or they certainly don't. It's not an element of their communication that they're, it's, that's very obvious to them. We all have a mission, okay? Almost every company has some kind of mission or purpose. Often, as you know, they're just gobbledygook. It's a mission <laughs> statement that's drafted by committee and put into a drawer somewhere. And that's why I never was a big fan of mission statements because most of the people I interview or work with can't even remember their own company's mission statement. Yep. So I didn't put a lot of stock into that. Then I started researching Bezos and Amazon. I'm looking at it differently now. Don't look at it as a mission. Think of it as a mantra. In 1998, in his second shareholder letter, or 1999, yeah, second shareholder letter, Jeff Bezos began to articulate this idea that Amazon would be the world's most customer-centric company. The world's most customer-centric company. At the time, John, it may not mean a lot to you today, but at the time it certainly did because <laughs> most people had the question, what's the internet? And now you want me to buy something and put my credit card into this thing? They didn't understand it. So everything had to be customer-obsessed. But what Bezos did over 24 shareholder letters and in every interview, every presentation, everything I could get my hands on for 30 years, he always brought it back to the mission. We are Earth's most customer-centric company. And that's why when we developed the Kindle, this is what it means to the customer. We yeah. are Earth's most customer-centric company. And that's why when we developed our new cloud division, this is what it means to the customer. Yeah. Everything was about bringing it back to the central mission. And today, this was 1998, 1999. When you go onto Amazon today, what's the mission? Earth's most customer-centric yeah. company. When I heard Andy Jassy, who was the new CEO of Amazon, when I heard him in his first interview, he used that phrase several times. It's internalized. Bezos isn't even there. He's on the board, but he's now he's running right. you know, Blue Origin, a space company. But it's still internalized within the company. And that, that's what I mean by a mantra. Forget yeah. about this mission statement. Turn your purpose and mission into a mantra that is simple, easy to understand, and something that the leader repeats. If yeah. you don't repeat it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, you, you, one of the things about the mantra idea is, you know, it inherently brings in simple, but you're right. A lot of times, even if people are passionate about a mission that they have, if it's not baked into everything, people just people forget about it. They don't, you know, if the leader's not saying it every day, why do I have to remember it? <laughs> so, so I think that's part of what happens. You know, when I first, I think, is that your wife or? Uh, My wife, Vanessa. Yeah. She works, works with, with me you, and yeah. co-teaches at, at Harvard and some other places with me. So, yeah. so when she kind of sent me, Hey, you know, Carmine's got a new book out. Here's what it's about. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, Amazon, you know, Apple, like 
what do they have to do with small business? I have a lot of small business owners. Oh, yeah, listeners. absolutely. And, but when I dug into it a little bit, particularly, you know, one, one of the concepts, the day one concept, which is another term that I think you're going to suggest was coined by Bezos. You know, that's something that really, I don't care what size company you are. That is really a pretty brilliant idea, isn't it? Absolutely. And talk about the mission. So yeah. on day one, day one is not a thing. Although if you go to Seattle, it's a building. It's called the day one building on the Amazon campus. Day one is not a thing. It's not a building. It's a mindset. That's how it started. Day one is a mindset for always learning, always growing, always approaching every day, no matter how big your company gets or what area it goes into, always thinking about it as this is day one always growing because day two, as Jeff Bezos later said, means stasis, complacence, complacency, <laughs> which leads to irrelevance and a slow deteriorating, painful decline. So again, he's that's something that's consistent. It started in 1997 with his first letter and his last letter in 2000 that came out in 2021. He ends it with and remember, it's always day one. So if you have a vision or you have values that run your one-person company or your small business, you're the one that needs to keep that center stage. You need to shine a spotlight on your vision and your values, both among your partners, your team, and certainly your customers. But it has to come from somewhere. And that's what leadership is. So Carmen, I appreciate you stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast to talk about the Bezos Blueprint. You want to invite people where they might find, obviously the book will be available everywhere, but where they might connect with you or find out more about your work. Yeah, please visit me online. If you can remember a good Italian name, like Carmine Gallo, <laughs> you can find me online. You can go directly to, to my website and that has my books and how you can contact me. And please, for any of our listeners, jump on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and I love having interactions. And I talk to a lot of people every day on LinkedIn. So f I think I'm the only Carmine Gallo in California. Yeah, so I think right. I'm pretty easy to find. My freshman in high school Latin teacher's name was Father Mario Percelli. So yes. <laughs> Speaking of great Italian names. I right? know a lot of Mario's. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, again, Carmine, it was great uh, for you to take the time to, to catch up with us. And hopefully we can run into you again one of these days right out there on the road. Yeah, thank you. Great opportunity. I love your podcast. I love the platform and, and your listeners who I feel connected to. So thank you, John. Thank you, sir. Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get. 